The early signing period is beginning here for the Florida Gators, and we're going to preview what this class looks like, some names that can be coming or going here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day every day. We are available daily and free every listen to podcasts. Happy Tuesday. I'm Brandon Olson. Find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Whole Nine Sports Giants Country NFL 33. Also, find me on the Lockdown Gators subtext if you want to be an insider for that. We talk coaching rumors, what I'm hearing, and, and we, we got some extra content headed that way. Just join subtext.com slash Gators. Links in the description as well down below. But now here is Brian Smith, Locked On's Recruiting Insider. Joining me now for Locked On Gators is Brian Smith, Locked On's Recruiting Insider. And before we get into it, because early signing periods here, LinkedIn is the college recruiting sponsor across the Locked On Podcast Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to. Faster post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college terms and conditions apply. And Brian, we're going to start with a, I'll say a, a blanket statement or a blanket assessment of Florida's class as, as we see how it's going to work out. We're recording this now Monday afternoon, so things can change, but for the most part, it, it's we know who's probably leaving and who's probably going to be in this class. So just where do you stand on the class overall for Florida? I think it's really good. I mean, it's a top five class for a reason. I mean, the question is how many of them stay? I mean, there's like, I've got one, two, three, four, five, six. I've got eight guys down here on my list. That's a lot, you know, who who are the eight you have on your list? Well, I got the ball kid. He could come because he's committed yeah. to Arkansas. You got Wagway. It looks like he's staying with Florida. That's the most important news, but it looks like yeah. he's staying by all accounts, barring something else happening to Florida. And I will not discount that at this point. Um, you also have LJ McCray, and that's really just hard to track. I, I wouldn't throw a dart at that dartboard to pick any. I, I have no idea. When he announces, we shall all know. Um, you've got Phil's me. He's going to Texas. I mean, in, in, if. I mean, I think everybody knows that Amaris Williams. I think I think we're going now with the Auburn Tigers right there. Um, he even made fun of some Alabama fan saying "War Damn Eagle" on a yeah, post. He tweeted it like four times, and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> "It was wild." I'm like, "I'm here for it. I'm here for it." Um, actually, one of them I just put D line coach question mark. That's one of my because like that's the most important recruit in a lot of ways because. Amaris would probably love to know. I'm sure that LJ would love to know. So defining that as a recruit is a little bit of a cheat on my part, but that's important. You also have Isaiah. You know, there's different guys. Like how many end up staying? I don't know. I I, I don't know. You know, it's like Isaiah's a kid I've known for a long time. He's super quiet. He was sitting here next to me. I wouldn't know. So that's a lot. And then of course there's Mincy. Uh, That's a really unique situation. DB coach is now there, but how much, look, 
if you were a father of any of these kids, would you rather go with the guy that you know for six months, year more, or the guy you met a week ago? Yeah, I, I fully understand. I, I said when, when Florida fired Corey Raymond and then went almost two weeks without firing a defensive back, which I don't care if you knew who your defensive back coach was and you were telling people off the record, like I know that they told plenty of recruits and commits who the DB coach is going to be, that it was going to be Will Harris. And I get that, but telling them who it's going to be and then going, yeah, like he's, he's a, he's a great guy, great character. All that stuff is very different from that coach talking to the kid. And, and I think that that's where, like, that's what the big thing I kept talking about was, you can't go almost two weeks without a coach, especially if you're the one that fired them. You can't, that just can't be a thing. And so for me, it's really hard to go. Yeah. You could tell the kid who the DB coach is, but that's not building a relationship with the DB coach. That's just now the kid knows the answer. And so for me, I think that that was one of the critical failures of this off season was you still don't have a D line coach. It's been three weeks now for that spot, but uh, on the deep in the secondary, you had so many targets where we don't know what happens. You know, Xavier feels to me was trending towards like, I feel like when Florida fired Corey Raymond, Xavier feels to me like had Texas kind of on the back burner, but it was still Florida. Like, like he was still leaning Florida. And he even went on like an Instagram live that night. And he was just like, yeah, well, we're going to be the ones to turn this program around, whatever. And Sure, Texas came in, and maybe maybe Texas takes him even if you keep Corey Raymond. But the fact remains that you fired your DB coach and did not replace him for two weeks. That had to hurt the relationship with Xavier Filsimi. That's probably one of the reasons that Jameer Grimsley eventually shut down his recruitment after taking some more visits, even to Florida. That's probably one of the reasons that I personally, I don't think Zay Mincy is going to be a Florida Gator. I feel like that has to be part of it there, that at least that's up for discussion. Greg Smith pushed back his commitment date, which was always the plan. And then we were told it might not be the plan anymore. And then he ended up actually pushing it back. And it's like, if you have Will Harris in place earlier, does Gregory Smith stick with the December 13th date that he initially had in mind? So for me, that's why I think that taking so long to hire these coaches has been the critical failure. I don't care about, they've been slow in the transfer portal. They've, I don't care about that right now. I care about, not having the coaches is one of my biggest issues. And I know last time I mentioned this, um, there was a, a YouTube comment that was just like, until you're signing the check, you don't get to talk about bringing in the coaches. Until you're signing my check, you don't get to tell me that I can't complain about that. But for me, I think that's been your biggest failure for this offseason is not losing kids for whatever reason, whether it's NIL or or just not performing well on the field. I think taking two weeks to hire a DB coach and three to hire a D line coach is unacceptable failures there. I wonder how much that is the administration because a lot of schools go through this. You find out, okay, we want a certain coach. You pass along the information and everybody has to do these unfortunate background checks. I understand them, but they can be lengthy. The only thing there is when did you start it? Like, was it done? And we'll never know the backdrop of that, but it makes me, makes me very nervous that it wasn't handled at a hundred percent accuracy because like the D line thing, brother, that's look, man, that's not dragging your feet. That's planting cement around them. So I, I don't know, like is Slackman going to Florida? Like, yep. I mean, 
I'll, I'll, I'm going to give a shout out. Like Florida right now is getting hammered. That yeah, that that's the impressive part that you got Joey Slayton without a D line coach. How the hell do you get a good player like that who had several offers, and you don't have a D line coach? Somebody I don't know which person or persons convinced him, but Callie James, maybe. assistant D line coach Callie James. He's also one of the big reasons that Makai Boyero ended up committing back to the Florida Gators. Wow. So, look, man. All I know is. Florida, like many other programs, has had some ups and downs, but it's not all bad. I know if I read Gators Twitter right now, 98% bad because they're Florida Gator fans. That's that's what they do, but it's not quite as bad. And again, you could still end up with Zay, and he's a really talented receiver. You could still end up with Amaris. It's not out of the question. This doesn't look good. You know, LJ, I have no idea. I think LJ will be a Gator. I'll say I, I think when it's all said and done, LJ will sign with the Florida Gators. Um, partially because there was that little graphic that a bunch of commits tweeted out last week. And like the ones who didn't tweet it out were kind of the ones that we were expecting to leave. It was Amaris Williams didn't tweet it out. Uh, I don't remember if Adarius Hayes tweeted out, but so Amaris Williams didn't, Xavier Filsamy didn't, where it was like one week until I'm a Gator. And the guys who didn't tweet it out were the ones that I'm like, okay, yeah, flight risk here. LJ didn't tweet it out that day, but after a visit from the Florida staff, the next day he tweeted it out. So if, until he proves me wrong, I'm going to assume LJ McRae, which could be a bold assumption, is going to be a part of this class. Passion, drive, and patience, that's what brings home the winning trophy, and it's also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered with over 122 million Parts for your number one ride or die. You'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your ride is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber and not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions do apply. eBay Guaranteed Fit is only available to U.S. customers. Um, but I feel like, I feel like public perception wise, Florida's trying to trend in the right. I just hate how they look so bad in the eyes of the public for so long. And then they have these great runs. You look at the beginning of June, things just look horrible because we were told, Oh, wait till May, wait till June and things are going to pop off. Then you lose Austin Simmons to Ole Miss. And then June 14th, I think the day was, or, or somewhere around there, things, things do pop off, but you get a Morris Williams who you're not keeping in the class. Um, you got a bunch of players during that time, whether they stood or not, you had great momentum. Things got really bad in recent weeks in Florida Gators, in Gator Nation, just with fans. And then you look at Sunday, you land Brandon Crenshaw Dixon from San Diego State. You land Joey Slackman from Penn. And then Monday morning, you land uh, Trickwees Bridges from Oregon. And you got a little bit of momentum going. And and DJ Lagway said while he was on his visit this past weekend, he was like, I'm 100% locked in with Florida. Uh, rumor was that Texas A&M tried getting him to visit them. He 
he said no, he didn't do it. So I think at that point, if he's turning down Texas A&M with a brand new staff and he's not even open to that conversation, I think we should feel pretty good about Florida. But how important is it to kind of – you look a little bit better now in the past few days. Because, again, last week it was – Everybody can negatively recruit Florida and just say they're, they might not even make it through the off season was a big conversation. But then now as you approach early signing day, you're like, well, we, we've added three kids in the portal, which on Sunday morning, you could have said they didn't have a single portal commit. Hell Friday, they were expecting to get uh, a kid to visit um, Jarden uh, from Texas A&M was yeah. supposed to visit on Friday canceled the visit and committed to LSU before he even went to Gainesville. Uh, so it, public perception is bad, but then leading up to early signing day, you got three transfer portal kids. One of them was highly, highly sought after pretty much nationally by with Joey Slackman. And you're looking a little bit more solid with this recruiting class than you did just a week ago. Yeah. I mean, the class overall, my only concern as it stands before more kids leave in common, that will certainly happen is O-line. I would have liked to have seen him gotten one more high level O-line recruit. You and I discussed this ad nauseum on this very show. Other than that, I mean, you got three fast receivers. I mean, Hawkins is one of the fastest kids in the country. You got guys that can run. I love the kid out of Mississippi, the Daniels kid, the running back. I really think Amir Jackson's a kid that even though a lot of people don't know a lot about him, he has tremendous upside. He's a great flex tight end. Childs, and then, of course, Miles Graham, a linebacker. You have players people aren't even talking about that are really, really good. Now they have to, again, Darius Hayes, I don't like what's going on there because he, he even told me to my face he was going to go to Florida a few weeks ago, and then he still took the Miami visit. That's not a good sign. That D-line thing is just like the, the one big conundrum. It's like everything's on fire, and people are throwing kerosene on it because everything is D-line related. It's crazy. But you don't have a D-line coach. There's no way to fix that. So you can't have holes at D-line in any league. But let me tell you this league that you really can't have holes at D-line. It's called the Southeastern Conference. That ends very badly. So if you're ever going to beat Georgia again, and at this point, I don't know if it's going to happen in my lifetime the way they play Georgia. And I'm 50. I still got a ways to go. But it's not trending good at the moment. They got to get more of these D-linemen to stick. Then they get... You know, they get the big guy from Georgia back. It, it's bizarre. I don't understand how they do it. Florida is arguably the weirdest recruiting situation I've ever seen in my life. That's saying something. Florida is very odd. Yeah, um, I'm going to let you know, we don't have a better clue <laughs> here for those that do cover Florida every day. We're still kind of just like, we just go for the ride with it because it's just, it's just chaotic. But you mentioned Adarius Hayes, and I wanted to touch on him a little bit because he's someone who – his recruitment in general has just been wild. Uh, it was, he committed to Florida. And then in like May, he was like, my recruitment's hundred percent shut down. And like two days later, he was like, well, it's not hundred percent shut down. Like I'll take visits, but I'm, I'm going to be a Gator. And then it was, I'm shutting it down. And then he's not shutting it down. And then he tells you, uh, I'm, I'm going to be at Florida. He schedules a visit with Florida where he was supposed to be on campus or or they were supposed to be visiting him in home this past Friday. That visit never happens because he goes and visits Miami. What in the hell is going on with the Darius Hayes recruitment? And I'll say this, that this has always been the case for me. I think he's the one where 
you look at Florida's linebacker class of Miles Graham, Aaron Childs, and Adarius Hayes. I think he might be the one with the highest upside, but he's also the one that I'm most okay with losing because I think he's kind of that tweener that we've talked about where like he might end up on the edge. He might end up off ball. I'd, I'd rather keep Childs and Graham. If I have to lose one, it'd be Hayes. But ideally, you, you keep all of the kids and you don't lose one to someone that you're going to play week one next year. I don't think I could say it any more eloquently. He is a good football player. He's a kid I know well, and he's a thumper. Um, I think it's best for him to put his hand in the dirt because he's 225 right now. He actually lost five pounds. He was up to 230. So we'll see what happens with him. But again, we don't know what's going to happen with McRae. We don't know what's going to happen with the Darius. Amaris Williams probably going to Auburn. You still don't have a D-line coach. I mean, they already lost Javante. It is the biggest collapse at the D-line position I think I've ever seen, potentially, if they lose, like if they don't get any of those kids. Because those are all four have possibility of playing in the NFL. That's that's incredible. And Florida's D-line history is obviously really good. You know, Kevin Carter and all kinds of guys. They've, they've had some dudes. So, anyway, uh, overall, I really like the class. I just don't see how it's going to end up in the top ten the way this is trending. You know, you throw in Phil's me because that's a that's a dude. You throw in him that's walking out the door, and it's not exactly like Florida secondary was making me happy watching them on, on film. I should have been paid to watch that. So thank God I did get paid to watch that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oof, wait a minute, there's nobody over there. What what are they doing? But yeah, I, I think it would be a top five to seven class by anybody's assessment if everybody's stuck. But with what they're probably going to lose, I think it's going to end up between 10 and 15. That's what I think. And then I, I did want to touch on Fletcher Westfall a little bit because I feel like we haven't spoken about him in quite some time in Florida. Your offensive tackles were. Oh boy. Turnstiles. Turn <laughs> um, I, I mentioned it when Florida brought in Brandon Crenshaw Dixon from San Diego state, he allowed nine pressures last season, nine in the entire season. He started, I think it was, uh, three games at right tackle, eight at left tackle, and he missed a game. Uh, so nine pressures allowed in the entire season. Florida's two starting tackles in Damian George and Austin Barber. Here we go. Allowed, allowed a combined 45. And Austin Barber missed three games. So so 45. Uh, neither of them finished the Florida State game. I don't think Austin Barber played it at all. Actually. Uh, but Damian George did not finish it, which... I mean, when when he was playing, he was getting thrown into Max Brown. <laughs> Max Brown is getting physically assaulted, and the weapon was Deont was uh, Damian George's rear end there. So that was a complete weapon there. But uh, with, with Fletcher Westfall, I'm not saying that he should start early or that he should play early anyway. But just what do you think of him long term? Because right now, Florida's tackle situation is bad. We can assume that Brandon Crenshaw Dixon is going to start at one of the spots. Austin Barber probably going to start at the other which I don't feel super comfortable about either, but just, just where does Fletcher fit in? And as a prospect, how long do you think he's going to take before he can really contribute to this team? I would look at it from two perspectives. Number one, you get what you get and you do with what you can. Does he need to red shirt and then probably some point in his second year play? Yeah. Right now, do you think he's really going to red shirt? I mean, like a true red shirt. 
Like it's okay if they play a few snaps at the end of the, you know, directional game and all that, and they can still hold the redshirt. You know, if you're playing four or less, but right now, unless they get somebody out of the portal that actually works out, you, you definitively brought up the point that kid that brought in, ah, boy, you know, then you got Damien, it's a, they got guards playing tackle. Like Austin Barber, I scouted him in high school. He's an animal, but he's better downhill hitting people instead of going backwards, pass protecting. He's super aggressive and very powerful kid. They need three tackles in the portal. The, the chances of that are all but zero. I mean, they, they can play at this level. I'm not saying you can't get three tackles. It's Florida. It's a dead rat can recruit to Florida. But at the same time, everybody wants the same thing. Even Notre Dame, who's getting ready to send a top 10 pick to the draft, needs a tackle in the portal this year because that guy's also lead Joe Alt. So it's hard. The competition's really, really high. And if you're an offensive tackle, why in the hell would you go to Florida right now? Why would you even consider it? Just anybody that's recruiting against them just puts on 30 seconds of the Florida State game. So, you know, I, I don't know. They might have to do something in the spring with that, and that'll be something we discuss between now and spring ball, during spring ball, then shortly after spring ball. The Just as a note, I, I looked this up, April 16th to the 30th, is the next portal, the one we're in, still open until the 2nd of January. That next one, the numbers for the offensive tackle position might go up higher than anything else because it is awful right now. They're just, if you're any good, you leave. Like Blake Fisher, the other tackle for Notre Dame, went. he has no business going to draft. Somebody's going to draft him or else he wouldn't have left. Yeah, that's why you mentioned, oh, you got to get three tackles. I'm like, are there three good tackles still in the portal? Is there one? You know what I mean? Like, it, it's rough. Florida is in a really tough spot. There could be a kid they take a flyer on from an FCS school or something, and that's not my realm. But, but I mean, like, Jared Verse played at Albany for, before he came to Florida State. It's hard. I don't know how you grade that kind of film. That's really rough. But at the same time, you know what? Florida's got to do that. That's my big concern because you can have all these skill kids. Even if they got all the receivers and those guys are good, if the quarterback's laying on his rear end, they're not getting the football. So – Westfall's good. He's going to play earlier than he probably should and probably struggle. That would be my guess. And that could be one of the reasons that Napier is not employed at the end of next season. They just, they don't have enough offensive linemen and it takes forever to develop them. We both know that. And that's why everybody wants them in the portal. Cause they know even some of the portal guys need a year. If they've been at a school year or two, kids that are 21, 22, 23 are better than the kids that are 18, 19 and 20. That's it. Yeah. Um, I think everybody can agree offensive tackle or specifically offensive tackle, but along the offensive line, probably the hardest thing to develop really. Cause yes, one part of your technique is down and you just crumble like, like sure. Run blocking. You can hide some things. Power size. Yeah. You get in pass pro and your athleticism <laughs> better that much if you don't have the skill set there. So yeah, I think that by the way, two offensive line coaches at Florida right now. Um, and that's the product that was that was on the field. Two offensive line coaches. Uh, so I just want to throw that one out there. But Florida, like we've mentioned before, targeting a few guys that we, we've talked a lot about taking away from this 2024 class. But Florida's targeting a few guys that they can bring in to this 2024 class. And Jaden Boss, someone that, that we've talked about before, we've talked about off air and, and Florida. I mean, I feel like September is kind of when they got involved in it. Arkansas commit, 
but it feels like like I like how Amaris felt like it was more Auburn, Ohio State than Auburn, Florida. And now Florida's kind of made a little bit of push there. But Jaden Ball feels like he's Florida or Alabama as opposed to Florida, Arkansas or, or Alabama, Arkansas. How should Florida feel here? Because you're looking at Alabama and if you're a running back, you go, well, <laughs> Alabama's done a pretty good job of not only having successful running backs at the college level, but aside from a couple of outliers, they tend to go to the NFL and perform well. But they kind of really just got into it in recent, within the last month, they've really tried to get into it. Whereas Florida, as bad as things have gone, you've had Jabbar Luke as your running best coach. And he's been here that whole time when Jaden Ball visited campus and, and when they've done the in-home visits. So for Florida, how do you feel about Jaden Ball leading into early signing day? That one's unique, and you did a good job of detailing it. Alabama's pedigree at running back is <laughs> a certain guy in Nashville comes to mind. But uh, they've had a lot of guys that had a cup of coffee in the NFL and kind of stuck around three to five years got pensions, et cetera. They're probably about as successful at running back as anybody. And it's pretty much the same staff, you know, in the same system. Now, how much of that relationship thing come into play? You and I talk about it all the time. It's not what's on the shirt. It's the person wearing the shirt. So Alabama's running back coach has been around for a while. Gillespie, really good guy, blah, blah, blah. But how long do you know him? You know, I mean, it's one thing for me to meet him and shake his hand on the recruiting trail. I, that's it. I don't know that guy, and it sounds like Ball really doesn't know much about him either. So you're guessing on Alabama and if you'd like it, but you know the development is there. And it wouldn't be the first time that's worked out for them either. Some kids take a flyer, and I get it. How <laughs> I mean, it's like, Hey, just so you know, we put guys in the National Football League all the time. We have over 60 of them. <laughs> it's ridiculous. So that's that's important. I know that the running back coach at Ford, another really good guy that I met. He's a heck of a recruiter. I just don't know with what's going on around them, especially the O-line situation, if that ends up being, again, the problem. Now, Alabama had O-line problems earlier this year, but they got much, much better, obviously, during the playoff. So I don't know, man. That might be a parent deal where they just sit down and like, all right, what do you think? You're going to have to make a split decision. They're probably not going to be happy about either decision they make. That would be my guess. So I, I don't know how you do that because you got a long-standing relationship with a school that's floundering. You got a newbie relationship with a dynasty. It's bizarre. Yeah, I mean, we've seen not a similar situation, but the last Florida-Alabama battle was Jameer Grimsley. And Jameer Grimsley, even in recent weeks, was like, look, coach security is kind of a concern for me. Like, I don't know if I commit to Florida, are they going to be there for three to four years? And I, I think that's a very valid uh, complaint. And you probably deal with the same thing with Jaden Ball. It's like, yeah, Jabbar Luke has gotten quite a few running backs to the NFL. We've seen quite a few guys succeed. You could talk about the offensive line. Trevor Etienne's probably going to Georgia. Part of that's because he wants to run behind uh, an even average offensive line there. Obviously, Georgia's going to have a very good one but you want to run behind better than what Florida put on the field there. So for Jaden Ball, I do think he winds up a Florida Gator, but hell of a hell of a competition to go against with uh, with Alabama. And then in, in the secondary, you've got 
Zay Mency is someone that, again, I, I've said, I, I don't think he's going to wind up being a Florida Gator. But if you have any better pull as we get towards National Signing Day, where, where do you think Zay winds up? I, I would say Miami's the more likely because of the same thing. It's just longer relationship, man. I mean, he had a definitive relationship with Corey Ray. I stood next to Corey on the sideline at one of his games shooting the breeze with him as we watched Zay play. You know what? I mean, it's just, that's the reality. Corey's a great guy, by the way. I don't think there's any way around it that that matters. And, and Mincy's a really sharp kid. He's going to look at things a little broader than most recruits. The DB coach at Miami is the same guy, and that, that matters. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm, I'm going to pick Miami here. Yeah, I don't, I don't blame you. I, I think he winds up with the Canes too, which sucks. But then the last player to talk about real quick before I let you go is Gregory Smith, uh, who we touched on last week a little bit, but safety target for Florida. And he's got a very weird uh, top six. And we've talked about that last week where most of it's just the position transition. But that's also an important decision for him because he has to have full faith in the secondary coach that's going to develop him as, as a safety at this level. Yeah, he's a great kid, another 4-0 student, uh, freakazoid athlete, played mostly quarterback for Sumner. I uh, really enjoyed being around him. I'm guessing Florida, but this may take a little longer. Uh, I, I don't know how that works out because, again, it's a Corey Raymond deal. You know what I mean? So maybe he just needs a little longer to figure that out with the new guy. I don't know how they do that during a dead period that's getting ready, you know, like, well, started. So I, I don't know. I don't know. But. Great kid. I wish him the best, but I don't know what the second choice would be if it's not Florida either. That's the other thing. Like some of these others, it's, you know, it's Alabama or it's Florida for, you know, I, I don't know what it is for Greg. Yeah. Greg, we truly have a top six and it's like, well, we think Florida is leading, but really weird top six too. South Florida, Toledo, Virginia, Vanderbilt, and one more that I forget off the top of my head, but I tried my best, but thank you so much, Brian. This is Brian Smith, Lockdown's Recruiting Insider. Catch him every week on Lockdown Gators. Catch him all throughout the Lockdown College channel, especially uh, he's going to be on Lockdown Auburn as well, which talking Amaris Williams, I'm going to assume that one is going to be a bit of a discussion there that Florida Gators fans can probably care about. But thank you so much, Brian. Thank you very much, sir. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. Every day we are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. We'll be back maybe tonight, maybe tomorrow. Who knows in the wondrous world of college football what we're going to see here. But for Lockdown Gators, I'm Brandon Olson. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. Find all my written work with Whole Nine Sports, Giants Country, NFL 33. And as always, I will see you all next time.